I'm Jared. And I'm Eric. And you are listening to the Ascend Podcast, where college and university leaders, thinkers, and innovators come to learn practical and proven strategies for improving retention rates, graduation rates, and overall student success. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome back to another Ascend podcast. I'm excited for today's conversation where we're going to dive into why haven't previous retention efforts worked? So we know that retention efforts have been the focus on many campuses for a number of years. This is not new, although it's certainly becoming a stronger focus for institutions. But today we're going to dive into why haven't previous efforts worked around this topic? in the book that we wrote on how to help institutions improve their retention rates, we focus on three reasons why retention efforts may not have really worked as well in the in the past. The first is that there just simply is no silver bullet and many institutions are looking for that silver bullet. The second is that many institutions feel like the traditional best practices that have been in the literature may be Uh, They've maxed out their effectiveness on those, or they just simply haven't quite achieved the results that they had hoped. And then the third is that um, many systems and retention efforts and programs have historically been built for a different type of student than who's on our campus today, Eric. So let's dive in this together. And uh, I'm curious to kind of get your thoughts and impact or input, excuse me, on on this first one, which is silver bullets. Talk to me a little bit about your experience when you've been working with administrators around the country on what they're looking for to try and solve this retention effort. Yeah, this is really the kicker here. I think every institution, at least where where we've been out consulting and, and virtually or in person, they want one magic bullet, one thing that will cure all retention woes. And the reality is, is there isn't a magic bullet. There's not a one silver bullet that's gonna cure everything. And the reason retention can be so hard is that it requires really three things. Culture, you've got to shift the culture. And we're going to talk a lot about that. You're going to hear us hit that drum pretty hard. Second thing is it requires a significant amount of persistence. And then the third thing is it requires a a great deal of accountability. And so diversifying how you're attacking retention, not looking for the one silver bullet, and creating the right culture, persistence, and accountability those can be really tough for institutions to figure out where to begin, how to implement, and and how to see this through, right? Um, and that can lead to the second point that you brought up about whether you've maxed out the effectiveness on, on some traditional best practices. So talk to us about that. Well, before we even move on to that, as you were talking, I was reminded of some times when we'll be on college campuses visiting, in, in fact, spending a day or two talking about all these different ideas of and ways in which institutions can improve their retention and student success efforts, we'll, we'll often sit down with the leadership team just before we sort of wrap up and depart the, the campus. And they'll say things to us like, okay, so you've told us a, a lot of things. We've discussed a lot of ideas, but which one should we really focus on? Yeah. Again, it's yep. back to this kind of silver bullet. They many institutions want just that quick fix or just that one thing to spend their fo- their energy on. And and I get that piece, right? We want to prioritize the way we spend our our time, money, and energy. But the reality is, is like you said, it's it, it re- successful institutions are implementing dozens and dozens of these little levers or initiatives uh, to try and move students from one semester to the next, to the next, to the next. Well, I think, I think that's something that we found is just 
it makes common sense that when you're dealing with a diverse group of students who have unique needs, unique interests, different backgrounds, you've got to diversify and pull a lot of different levers to, to maximize, your, you know, your casting out of your net to get as many students as possible. There will not be a magic silver bullet because we're not a one size fits all uh, demographic of, of student body. Yeah. And then part of that challenge is once we do begin to see these bumps in retention numbers, or completion numbers, in some ways it's hard to assign those successes back to which levers really worked. Yeah. And that can be frustrating at times for institutions as well. But anyway, sorry, I interrupted when we were beginning to think about the second reason that we outlined in our book of how institutions may have felt like traditional best practices either have maxed out or, or they didn't quite see the bump that they had hoped. You know, it's so interesting because the literature is really... Um, full of amazing ideas, suggestions around what we call high-impact practices. These high-impact practices that um, are designed to help students get connected to the institution and and pr uh, feel like they, are, they belong and all these sorts of things. You know, some examples of that would be um, learning communities in the residence halls. Others would be first-year seminars, uh, common reading experiences, undergraduate research opportunities, these sorts of things, right, that many institutions have implemented. And they just either got nice little bumps out of it years ago, or they just haven't quite seen what they had wanted. In fact, I oftentimes would argue that high-impact practices are not so much retention strategies as they are um, learning and educational, riching, and they provide a rich educational experience yeah. for for students. But uh, and a byproduct of them may be retention boost, but not necessarily um, retention in and of themselves. Yeah, absolutely spot on. And it, in many ways, this plateau that they create is really hard to value or gauge the, the effectiveness, right? Their long-term effectiveness and, and more importantly, how to tweak them for, for generational needs, which goes to our third point, which is we're dealing with a very unique generation that's hitting our, our schools right now, Generation Z. And what we're finding, and we, we dealt with it at our institution and we've seen it across the nation, is that too many of the, the institutional policies, programs, initiatives, everything to orient, onboard, retain, and, and successfully complete students are dedicated primarily to, to older or previous generations. And they don't work for the unique needs of, of Generation Z. And this stems from the way they want to be mentored, the way they want to be treated, the way they want to be interacted with, the way they want to be communicated with. And all of these things have to be adopted into any retention strategy that's that's going to work. Um, and, and that has been, to the extent we could say there is a magic bullet, this is a big one of just understanding Generation Z, which can lead to uh, a lot of the effective... Uh, and successful changes that, that we've made and, and we've counseled with institutions, right? Oh, yeah, it, no doubt. We need to be honest with ourselves as higher education globally. We are designed as organizations to serve and support baby boomers, Gen Xers, and even millennium, millennials. Yep. Um, but Gen Z is a whole, new, a whole new crop of students that we have to serve and support. And institutions that have been forward-thinking and and willing to adjust their approaches are beginning to see some really good results uh, from their efforts to outreach and, and work with and support this 
new generation, Gen Z. And, and who knows how long Gen Z will be with us. You know, the next one's already probably coming. Yeah. This one, do some research on it to, is what I'd recommend to our listeners. But as we've gone out and consulted, we can spend hours on just educating about the nuances of Generation Z and why it, why it makes that generation so cool, but also very different from the previous generations and why the shift in our retention efforts has to take place uh, to meet their unique needs. Yeah. So while some institutions may be frustrated that their previous efforts haven't quite achieved the results that they had hoped, um, the good news is, is there are simple ways that we can really get after it and help, uh, help institutions achieve those results. And um, we'll continue to talk about those in the weeks to come with each podcast that we'll release, where we'll talk about uh, some different ideas and nuggets or little levers that institutions can try to have impact on their retention rates. Yeah, I'm excited for these discussions. There's some good stuff coming. You've been listening to the Ascend podcast. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, we hope you'll give us a like on your preferred listening platform and leave us a review. We also would invite you to connect with us on LinkedIn by simply searching for us, Jared Tippett and Eric Kirby, where we would love to continue discussing today's topic with you. And for more practical and proven strategies, just like the one you learned about today, check out our book, Ascend to Higher Retention Rates, Practical Strategies for Increasing Student Retention, Completion, and Student Success which can be purchased on Amazon.com or on our website, www.tippetskirby.com. We'll be back again soon with another podcast. Until then, keep on raging.